Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Kat. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Well, I'm excited today. We're talking about yoga nidra. I just almost I did, did too. It it's wow. one of my it's one of my favorite things. I haven't had the opportunity to do it a ton, but the times that I have done it were really powerful and really amazing. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it really until a few months ago. And I started researching and exploring. And as you know, now I'm going doing a yoga nidra certification course, but I just am really pretty darn obsessed with it. This is very powerful. Yeah, it's super amazing. The mm -hmm. first time I was introduced to it was about five years ago. And again, just much like what you're saying, like I didn't have any expectations going into it. And when I left, I was like, what <laughs> happened to me? It was fantastic. Yeah. And well, I've fact, done it a few times since. It's really mm -hmm. amazing. Well, for people that don't know what it is, you want me to tell them? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yoga Nidra is a form of guided meditation and it's also known as yogic sleep or effortless relaxation. It's usually practiced lying down with a teacher guiding the session. The practice draws our attention inward and we're able to surf between the states of wakefulness and sleep where our body finds its natural state, natural state of equilibrium. And the breath becomes more balanced and it's quiet and you kind of float between the conscious and the unconscious. And it's not a bad thing if you fall asleep, but generally you don't want to fall asleep. You can also do it in a chair, but the chair sessions are generally only 10 minutes, but there's some people that can't get in the floor. So it's not, uh, it doesn't keep them from trying as well, but ideally it's practice laying in the floor and it takes us effortlessly into a state of kind of harmonious, uh, restful being. Yeah, it's really fantastic because I like how you describe it as yogic sleep. That's how I learned it as the art of yogic sleep and that hovering between the conscious and unconscious where mm -hmm. you really get in touch with the subconscious. Like mm -hmm. you really can get in touch with those conversations that are happening inside and start to sort them out when you have some really great guided journeys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, you and I had talked a while back about dreams and lucid dreaming and quite literally, it's like a guided lucid dream. Right. And it's really mm -hmm. uh, quite powerful, especially if the person that you're working with, like knows what you're trying to work through. Mm -hmm. So you can use it for specific applications. Mm -hmm. You can obviously do it just as a joyful journey. If you just want to try it out and, you know, take a yoga need class and whatever journey they take you on, that's love mm -hmm. too. But if you really want to start to get in touch, maybe you do it more on a private scenario so that you can actually drive that journey in a direction that you know you need to be working on. And I know mm -hmm. you're going to talk about later the people who could really benefit from doing yoga nidra, mm -hmm. which is what I'm talking about with those specific applications. But I do like that you suggest that we really, it's okay if you fall asleep, but we really don't want you to fall asleep. Like we really mm -hmm. want you to find that space where you can hover in between the conscious mm -hmm. and conscious because we really do want you to actually be part of that journey to right. 
to allow the subconscious to be part of that journey. And if you fall completely asleep, then your subconscious loses out because your unconscious takes over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we really, really want your subconscious to be involved. The yoga nidra teacher that I have who is, you know, fairly well known here in the state of Minnesota, she always says when you're lying, be finger distance from the person beside you, not because you want to be within their space or whatever it is, but because you want to help everybody have the best journey. So Mm -hmm. hear the person beside you start to snore to tickle their fingers to bring them back awake and that Mm -hmm. you know respectfully they'll do the same for you so that everybody can trust that they're going to have a very awakened journey. Mm -hmm. Well, and you want to keep that semi-consciousness because that's the place where you can work on being healed and restored and awakened to your most deepest all-knowing self. Right, Um, and that's really the piece is we want mm -hmm. to awaken that. And so we don't want to be completely asleep for it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. You know, one thing that drew me to Yoga Nidra is that I struggle to let go and I've battled with meditation. So Yoga Nidra is very appealing for people that struggle to let go, for people that struggle to uh, meditate. And it also has a huge value for people that suffer from insomnia, people that suffer from trauma or anxiety or depression. So it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, because they say that like 10 or 15 minutes of yoga nidra is like a whole night's sleep. Mm-hmm. That's the name, yogic sleep. Bam. And it's, <laughs> and it's so efficient that it literally takes one tenth the time that it takes you to actually rejuvenate the body by actually sleeping, sleeping. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I think it's important to mention is that yoga nidra doesn't try to fix anything. And this is something that I got from Eckhart Yoga. If anyone wants to check out their site, it's just EckhartYoga.com. But they talk about Yoga Nidra a lot, but he makes a big point of saying it doesn't try to fix anything. Instead, through deep, heartfelt listening and welcoming, many of the problems of our body and mind just find harmony and resolution. Yeah, it just, Mm -hmm. it takes all of the wavelengths in the body that aren't communicating and it brings them into alignment so that it begins to communicate. It's like, think about all these flashlights in the dark, like zipping around in all these different directions. And instead you take everybody and have them point at the one same object and it's truly illuminated. It's like Mm -hmm. the same thing in the body. To quote him on this one thing that I think you're going to love. This is both the heart of yoga and the embodiment of enlightened living, to be with things as they are and to feel this deep surrender to ourselves and towards life. Isn't that awesome? I like deep surrender. I do too. But to practice yoga nidra, what you mostly do is you lie down and rest and the teacher kind of does the rest. I mean, you do want to make sure you're with a teacher that knows what they're doing, you know, and, and there's plenty online too. You don't have to leave your house, but you do want to find a teacher that knows what they're doing to guide you. Most of the sessions are about 30 to 45 minutes, and you start by setting an intention why you're doing the practice and kind of inquiring to yourself into the 
deeper intentions for life. You know, where are you going? Are you on track? Kind of just doing a little check-in with yourself and, you know, kind of working through a lot of that when you're starting and then letting the teacher guide you. Yeah, it's super fantastic because... Uh, the times that I've done it, so the experience that I've had, th- they were at like weekend retreats or things. And so the intention of the yoga nidra was like these peaceful journeys, right? Mm-hmm. And the very first yoga nidra that I had, it was in a room full and I bet there had to have been a hundred people laying on the floor and she started and, you know, she's just beautiful, right? You know, mm-hmm. East Indian, you know, so like perfect skin and all the glow and, you know, just seated like, I don't know, Buddha, you know, (laughs) in its best form or whatever, Mm -hmm. in like this beautiful gold and orange, which of course are my colors, you know, Mm -hmm. this beautiful sari that's just wrapped around her gloriously, right? And she starts the class by singing. And of course, have no idea what the words are, but it doesn't matter because it like takes you to another place. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, her voice just moves into this very silky guided meditation, but it was way more way more Mm -hmm. like you can't even put words to it and she took us on a very lovely journey that was you know taking a walk through what we would I don't know call the afterlife and you know visit with those who have gone before us and Mm -hmm. chat with them about the journey they would like for us to be on because sometimes we get so much in our own way trying to pick our own journey and so Mm -hmm. it was just this really lovely experience experience. And yeah, I still think about it many times. When, uh, when we're in this state, a lot of times we hit various emotions and thoughts and beliefs, and sometimes the unexpected emerges. And this is where a lot of times people that are struggling with anxiety and depression and PTSD, and well, even just bad body image, it doesn't have to be, you know, a diagnosed, uh, something from the DSM and the psychology DSM, but, but a lot of things can emerge. And from that, that deep underlying, underlying sense of peace that you get, you can work through a lot of your traumas, a lot of bad memories that you may have from this deep underlying sense of ease. We might effectively uh, meet our uncomfortable memories and traumas and try to start dealing with those and through deep listening and welcoming and kind of ushering up ushering in some calm that might help but you know a lot you always start with setting an intention for a yoga nidra practice and so if you know what you want to work on it's always know what i want to work on but it's never ends up being what I ended up working on ever. ever. It's never, but this is never. Like what I was talking about <laughs> when she guided us to instead ask for like our angels and our saints to choose what we need to work on because we get so much in our way by, yeah. you know, letting our desires and our attachments tell us what we want to work on when mm-hmm. really that's not what we need to work on. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. The stuff that I need to work on. I don't want to work on that. Oh, oh, heck no, that's why I don't pick it. Yeah, none of us want to work on that stuff. No. (laughs) Uh, Did you know that Yoga Nidra has its 
root in philosophy called Sankhya, and it was written down first around 700 BC. Wow. I didn't know that. And over the centuries, people have practiced those teachings and expanded upon them. Oh, I do love that. Because you know me and loving deep old Eastern philosophy Mm -hmm. and knowledge. Well, let's make sure I'm pronouncing it right. S-A-N-K-H-Y-A, Sankhya. Sankhya. Yeah, there you go. I love and it. So anyway, I thought I found that very interesting that it had been around for so long because, you know, there's so many, there's so much. I'll never learn everything there is to know about yoga. Every time I think I know a lot, then I t- turns around. I don't know shit. I don't know anything. It's like, there's so much more wow. To oh, yeah. I know that you mentioned to me earlier the importance for, you know, we say, you know, for you and I, and for the people that we know to do yoga nidra to add it to your practice, maybe on a more regular basis, like, you know, all of us need yoga nidra. But I do feel like if you can come to a place where it can be very, very specialized for what you need, you could make that journey very, very formidable in terms of your path going forward. So like Mm -hmm. you you mentioned, like people of trauma, or people with PTSD, or people who have control issues, or even grief issues, Mm -hmm. guided nidra is a really great place to discharge some of that in a very safe place. Mm -hmm. But it's also a very safe place for if you're not entirely sure what it is that is like gripping you or holding you back from your better self. It's a great place to do that investigative work without Mm -hmm. it actually having to be a conversation out where maybe people are giving you their opinions or they're giving you their advice. But instead, you can just really have this inner dialogue and come to realize, oh my gosh, I never realized it. But every time I get close to A, B, or C, it's because that's what's holding me back. And I never really clued into it. Mm -hmm. I did this yoga nidra journey. And some of that stuff was revealed to me, it was lit up with the flashlight. And now it becomes apparent. Mm -hmm. It's it's how we can investigate repetitive forms of self sabotage. And we know we know we've done it. We know people who do it all of the time. So it's a really great place to start doing some of that investigation. Mm -hmm. where if maybe you're not feeling capable of verbalizing it to someone else, you know, you can start to illuminate it without actually having to say the words out loud just. Mm -hmm. Well, and also if if you decide you want to practice yoga nidra, don't go with the experience expectation that after one session of yoga nidra, all of your life's problems will be solved because you may take, you may take one class. If you go in with high expectations and go, well, that was crap. That wasn't anything like what I expected. But one thing that I love about it is, you know, intense yoga flows, a hot yoga studio where that Tanya has, or we do a lot, we do vinyasa flows at my studio or even the long holds of poses. Not everyone can do all of those, but everyone can do yoga nidra. Everyone can. Everyone from children to seniors can do it. And it's easy to follow at any age or any physical time in your life. And you can't really do it wrong. As long as you can lie down in a sub- supported savasana, and you do want to be supported you because you're going to be there for a while. So you want to be comfortable. So if, if I 
the first time I did it, I tried to just lay straight on the floor with just my mat and I was fidgeting too much because yeah. it was too long. Yeah. And anytime you're thinking about your body not being comfortable, you've mm-hmm. taken yourself out of the journey. Exactly. And you don't want to use an eye pillow with yoga nidra because that much pressure for that long is you actually need the eye movement that sort of REM state Mm -hmm. so that you know and I don't mean you want to go all the way to deep sleep REM state but Mm -hmm. that dream state you want Mm -hmm. to be able to be in that lucid space so Mm -hmm. having an eye pillow is exactly what you're talking about just too Mm -hmm. much pressure yeah and it's probably not going to be even it's not going to even be comfortable for that long either if you're there for 35 to 45 five minutes. I personally like the feeling, but I don't use them because I do want that movement of the eyes when I'm in there. It's also something that's very easy to incorporate into your daily life because a seated meditation may be frustrating for some people just trying to clear their mind and focus their awareness on their breath and I don't know, use a mantra or find some kind of inspiration to focus on. But yoga nidra is always guided. It's not one of those things that you're like, oh, I just couldn't focus on. There's nothing to focus on except the sound of the teacher's voice. Yeah, it is really lovely because it's like a guided meditation on steroids. (laughs) Well, and I did mention that it's 35 to 45 minutes long. Generally, that's what the average is, but it can be as short as five minutes or as long as an hour. Mm -hmm. You don't, I don't know. Have you ever seen one longer than an hour? I never have. I have not seen one longer than an hour, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but one thing I told um, one of my teachers last night, we were discussing our daily sadhana, and I told him I was going to start trying to do yoga nidra at night right before bed and see how that changes the quality of my sleep and the quality of my dreams. Ah, I was going to (laughs) say, you who thinks you're not a lucid dreamer, but is Mm -hmm. a attracted and loves yoga nidra tells me that you're more of a lucid dreamer than you think. Well, and I, I mean, I have very vivid dreams and I remember them all, but I can't guide them. I can't guide my dreams. I can't participate in them. So that's a whole other discussion. We've already discussed that a little bit though. Anyway, but so I'm going to start trying to play with that at night before I go to bed, as long as my (laughs) husband doesn't come in and fall over me if I'm on the floor. (laughs) One thing about it, too, it's just that it's a very, very simple way to reduce stress. And I don't know anyone, uh, no one in my life, in my circles or outside of my circles that don't have a lot of stress. And even now, there's more stress than normal. But the yoga nidra promotes that deep rest and that deep relaxation that isn't found in just an average meditation practice. Right. Um, this, you know, the stages of your body scanning and the breath awareness alone can be calming to the nervous system. And that in itself leads to less stress and better health. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, It's really, really amazing too. like when we talk about energy and the auric value of a person like, right, like, mm-hmm. is their aura real close to themselves and, you know, maybe not you know, amplified and charged up or is their aura like way out here and, you know, really charged up and super protective. So Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, one of the thought processes you and I had talked about was should we get into those layers in the body and such and, you know, maybe more 
more than we want to share right now, but it is really important in doing mm-hmm. yoga nidra to know that part of what we're doing is internal, but part of what we're doing is increasing that charge of our auric value mm-hmm. by helping illuminate the sheaths of our subtle body. Mm-hmm. We may have to do another yoga nidra part two and go into a lot more about that. Yeah, because there really is a lot of technology. Like we're we're sharing this basic like, oh my gosh, guys, you need to try this because mm-hmm. it's a fantastic practice and you're going to feel really rejuvenated. And we're giving you the whys, the who's and, and the likes, but we're not really going into the intelligence of the energetics behind it mm-hmm. and, you know, what it's actually doing on a, you know, physical molecular level or what it's actually doing like on a quantum physics level. So, I mean, we're sharing a lot, but we're not sharing all of it. (laughs) Exactly. I don't, uh, we couldn't do that in one podcast. Feels like it's a lot. And, you know, even if you do use yoga nidra, and one other thing I wanted to mention too is, you know, you may work through a lot of the emotions and the stresses, the traumas, the different thing, the different feelings that you pull up in, in your yoga nidra practice, but it, that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to go away. That may mean that you're just going to be better equipped to handle them. You might have a different relationship with the feelings and emotions that bubble up. And the more you practice yoga in general, but the more you practice yoga nidra in particular, the more you're going to be able to deal with those emotions as they come up. Right. Like I think the best way (laughs) for us to explain that is when we go back to the notion that what we're doing is we're illuminating, we're illuminating. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not that we're fixing or that we're changing. We're just illuminating so that the person when they come out of yoga nidra can go, oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. And then they have the opportunity to start doing the work for it, right? Mm -hmm. It's really just like, really like bringing that flashlight into focus so that you can see what it is that's right in front of you. And usually it is right in front of you. Kind of what you just started touching on and how a samskara can be used as an intention within your yoga nidra practice. So you can use these impressions and thoughts that have been created in our minds by our actions and our habits and use that within your practice to work on some of those issues too. Our samskaras are, for people who aren't familiar with the word, our deep impressions, our old impressions, our bad habits, they're our go-to. When something comes up, our mind immediately goes to a samskara. That's Mm -hmm. our impression of it. Whether it's right or wrong, it's where our mind goes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're like, gosh, stop doing that. And other times we're like, oh yeah, that's my comfortable place. Like, right. We don't even realize it, but Mm -hmm. those are exactly like what you're referring to. Those are the things that we can really be working on. Mm -hmm. We're working on our yoga nidra because those are the things that we can start to illuminate as to why are those impressions coming up first thing? Why, why is that the way Mm -hmm. Why we always think that way? Like, why are we the first person to take offense? Or why are we the first person to get angry? Or, you know, like, why are those impressions coming up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So all, all this good stuff you can work on with Yoga Nidra. 
So it is definitely a good practice. And there's so many wonderful resources out there. You can Google Yoga Nidra for dummies <laughs> or just look up Yoga Nidra for emotional healing or whatever and just see what pops up. There's a lot. But also speaking of popping up, you do want to make sure you're looking at sources that know what they're talking about as well. Right, right. So tell me, do you have any books you want to share? I do. I've got two books. One is by Richard Miller, and it's Yoga Nidra, a meditative practice for deep relaxation and healing. He's a PhD. Um, this one also has six guided Yoga Nidra exercises that are included on a CD with the book. And then another one by Julie Lust is Yoga Nidra for Complete Relaxation and Stress Relief. Wow, super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the moral of the story, folks, is, is anyone and everyone can do Yoga Nidra, and quite literally, it should be you. Exactly. Yeah. Go get your yogic sleep on. Go on now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.